and about Chongqing, though most of them had not been home for years. Frisco and Shai and the big town furnished the whole of their conversation. A baby was crying, and its white-faced mother tried to sing above the cataract of sound which beat against the walls outside. A machinery salesman tore his linen handkerchief into small bits and stuffed fragments of it into the child's ears. Thankfully, it stopped whimpering, and the mother smiled, and the salesman, suddenly finding himself caught, moved hurriedly away before he could be thanked. Within the consular office, the consul, Thomas Jackson, moved to the side of his radio operator. Jackson was white-haired, small, nervous of face and hands. He looked at the expanse of gleaming dials as though trying to read hope in their metal faces. The operator, a youth scarcely out of his teens, leaned over a key and rattled it. He threw a switch and pressed the earphones against his head. He lighted a cigarette with nicotine-stained fingers and stuck it in his mouth. He pulled a typewriter to him and began to write. I've got Shanghai again, sir, said the operator. They want to know how we're holding out. Tell them we're all right so far, and God knows we've been lucky. Jackson leaned close to the operator and then glanced around to see that no one else in the room could hear. Tell them, for the love of God, to get the cholera antitoxin to us if they expect to find any of us alive after this is over. Tell them Asiatic cholera is certain to follow, has already begun. And then tell them that we've got to have money, gold. Our checks and paper are no good, and the food is running low. The young operator precariously perched his cigarette on the already burned edge of his table and began to make the bug click and quiver. A few minutes later, he beckoned to the consul. They say the USS Miami is already proceeding down the coast with both the serum and the money. Damn little good that will do us. A cruiser can't come 200 miles inland. They said they'd try to get it through to us, sir. They want to know how long we can hold out. Jackson ran bony fingers through his awry white hair and looked around him. He singled out a fat little man whose eyes were so deep in his head they could not be seen at all. Doctor, said Jackson, loud enough to be heard above the cannonade, but not loud enough for anyone else to overhear. Doctor, how long do you think we can last without the cholera shots? With corpses strewn from hell to Halifax, puffed the doctor. Now, tomorrow, next week, maybe never. Please, begged the consul. You're not staking your reputation on this. How long will it take? The reports are that it is just now starting to spread. I'll give it five days to reach here because in five days we'll have to start going out to buy food. If we can find the gold with which to buy it. Otherwise, we stay here bottled up, boil our water and starve to death. We all had cholera shots before we came into this area, but they won't prove effective unless bolstered with secondary epidemic shots. If we get that serum here before Saturday, there's a chance of our living, as far as disease is concerned, through this mess. But mind you now, you can't quote me. Anything is liable to happen. Thanks, said Jackson gratefully. The consul went back to the youth at the key. Tell them it's got to be here by Saturday, Billy. Not a day later. Though how they'll get it here, only God himself can tell. He looked out through the office door, into the outside passageway, where a hundred and more Americans tried to take it calmly. The floor of the consulate was shaking, as though a procession of huge trucks rumbled deafeningly by. 
Chapter 2 The USS Miami, taperingly sleek and gray, with black smoke still pouring from her funnels, dropped anchor thunderously in the yellow roadstead off Liaocho and swung around in the stream of the tide. From the bridge, the coastal city of Liaocho presented a dismal sight. Two air raids and an offshore shelling by the Japanese men-of-war had rid the place of Chinese defense, and the flames still smoldered amid the festering ruins. A dark horde of Japanese destroyers and cruisers and troop ships lay at anchor near the shore, and launches were carrying loads.